track with God's dream for my life. How many of you know it's easy to get off track when a Category 4 comes through your area? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like everybody's got their things they're doing until something bad happens and that changes all your plans. It might be a diagnosis from a doctor it may, or it may be, you know, you're doing things. And all of a sudden, a Category 4 hurricane comes through and just wipes everything out. And then you've shifted gears, you know, and, and what you were planning or thinking about is uh, gotten derailed. Or, or, you know, I can remember, you know, last year in uh, 2020, everybody's got plans for the year. And, and all of a sudden, this little thing called coronavirus, you know, they, is what they, what they call it first, the novel coronavirus. And that's just COVID. It's like a bad four-letter word, five-letter word, but... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, 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 and so things change. So it's easy to get off track. And I think, I think between the virus, between the hurricanes and, and all that, you know, we did have a second one that missed us. All this rain though has uh, been giving us, uh, you know, we get a lot of rain. It's, it's a time that will both test our faith and grow our faith. And, uh, and so, uh, we're going to look at a couple of things that'll grow our faith, you know. And, and do that to, tonight and next week maybe. And, uh, but I believe that even though uh, we've been facing COVID down and, and it's kind of up and down, uh, thank God the numbers are going down a little bit right now. But um, yet we still had over 100 people die yesterday from COVID in, in, uh, in our state. And, um, and so it, it's, a tr- it's, a, it's a tough time. But uh, it's, a, it's also a time that we've, we've got to look back it was God's purpose for our lives, and I believe he's got a purpose for us even during this time, and, and so a lot of people have uh, set a goal or had a dream for their life, you know, like what did you, when you were little, what did you think about being, you know, and stuff like that, and, and I, I'm getting to live mine, you know, I had this dream of, of being able to be in ministry when I was younger, and, and I get to do that. Somebody said this, you shape your dreams, and then your dreams shape you. You shape your dreams. And then your dreams shape you. And so think about that. Did you know? Did you have a dream when you were a kid? You know, and and, uh, and maybe when you wanted to grow up. Maybe um, you know. After Katrina, somebody uh, told Pastor Kathy said, uh, "You know, look, right now everything's wiped out. You can't do anything back home. You can go do anything you want to do." And we were back here putting things back together and and running crews and and houses and stuff like that. And we said we're doing exactly what we want to be because we knew that's what God had called us to do. And, and so everybody's got that, you know, and, and um, you know, we, we, we want to look at what that is. And, and uh, some of you maybe have dreamed of owning your own business, and you do. Maybe you, you've dreamed of making good money, uh, having a great family, to be a professional athlete. Uh, you know, um, I wanted to be a professional baseball player. It just didn't work out. You have to hit the ball to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, not, not swing and miss all the time. And, um, you know, write a book, write a song. Uh, you know, when I was younger, I used to love this show, It Takes a Thief, and I could picture myself being Robert Wagner breaking in those, you know, things. That's probably not a good career path, you know I mean? Uh, there's maybe 1,100 people over with Pastor Kathy that, that tried that path and didn't work out too good. Uh, but, you know, we, we, we've got things that we dream about, you know? So write this down. There's no such thing as great people, only ordinary people committed to great goals and dreams. And, and so you don't have great people doing great things. You've got ordinary people that are committed to a great goal or a great dream for their life. 
And, uh, and so when you hear from God and you commit to a dream or a goal, it draws something out of you. And, uh, and it helps you become larger than you would have been. I'm not talking about size-wise from our eating. But it helps you become larger than you would have been had you not had that dream or goal from God. And so, uh, you know, uh, we want to look at that. Uh, a friend of mine, when he became CEO of a large company, uh, and uh, he had wanted to run the best coffee service company in the world. And, and when he became the CEO of that company, the president and CEO, he said, he looked at God, and one day he said, God, I'm in over my head. He said, but if you'll give me wisdom, I'll give you the credit. And, and that happened, and they, became, they were very successful. And, uh, and so, you know, our dreams, what is it we're dreaming about? What is your dream for your life? Uh, you may not be living that right now. You may be. And, uh, and so, but our dreams determine how we feel about ourselves. And, and when we lose sight of them, we feel like we're drifting. And I think it's easy to feel that way right now. It, nothing's still together. I mean, Sunday after lunch, you know, a, a lot of the places we might go eat were closed, you know. And, uh, and, and, and so you wonder, what do you do? I mean, there's, you don't go to the movies, different things. Uh, lot, you're working. You're, you're kind of like still cleaning your yard, putting your fences back up. And so it's, it's kind of a weird feeling. And, and so I think after a two-year pandemic and a hurricane, uh, we, can, we can kind of feel like we're, dr- we're drifting. And, uh, I, and I, I think I made a slide for this. Some of the slides didn't seem to translate over. I don't know what was going on today. But no dream, no esteem. No dream, no esteem. A dream, a goal gives us our self-esteem because it's, it's, it's got us going towards something. A value. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. We've got to understand that. That God is on our side. And he's got good plans for us. He's got better plans than I could ever imagine for myself. And so when I'm getting at conflict with God, I, I want you to think about this. When you're in conflict with God... God said, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans for good, and they're not for disaster. See, God has good plans and good for you plans. It's not like the medicine when they would say, hey, this is good for you, and you knew it was going to taste terrible. Everything about God's plans for you is good, and, uh, and so we need to understand that. And so, uh, you know, I think that's kind of what, what I want to accomplish tonight is just to See us get back and rediscover, uh, you know, our dream, where, where God's got us going. And, and so and let me just give you some general things I think will help uh, do that. If, if we'll do these things, and I'm going to use the acrostic dream uh, for it. So number one is write this down. Dedicate every area of your life to the Lord. I mean every area of your life. I can't just give him Sunday. I can't just give him Wednesday. You know, a friend of mine uh, named Aaron one time was talking about how he, you know, he thought he was doing pretty good. He's giving God once a month. And then he got really committed and he's giving him once a week. And he's putting a dollar in the offering plate. He thought that was really big, you know. And, 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 then, and then, you know, it, it slowly grew. But, you know, we got to give every area of our life to God. In, in, in Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2, Paul wrote this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God. Because of all he's done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And Paul's telling us 
that if we'll live all out for the Lord, he'll show us what he wants us to do. And, and so he's saying live all the way, give it all to God, and he's going to show us what to do. And, uh, and, and so it, it's always good for us. You'll discover God's will when you begin giving him your life, every area of your life, your time, your talents, your treasure, your, your relationships, your past experiences, those hurts in the past, got to give them to God. The future, you got to give it to God. Uh, I'm going to give him my time, my talents, my treasure. Every area of my life, I'm going to give to God. And that's what he's wanting. And then Paul said this. He said, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. And, uh, and so the reason most of us don't accomplish what God wants us to do, we're trying to be what the world wants us to be. We're trying to imitate the world. We're copying the patterns of this world. We, uh, you know, the only difference is we might come to church once or twice a month. And so God is saying, don't copy that. You've got to be different. He said, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That means I think differently about how I act, how I talk, how I, how I live, the sin in my life. I think differently about that, and I think differently about God and following God. He said, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And that, that word transform is metamorphosis, which is ch- change you from a caterpillar to a butterfly. It's the same thing. So he changes us from this old sinful person into this, this God-honoring person that he wants us to be. And that's, that's what he's talking about. And so by changing the way you think, and it all starts in your mind. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So when we, when we give our all to God, every area of our life to the Lord, we stop trying to imitate this world then we'll be able to find out what it is God wants. And what he's saying here is it's God's good. His will is good, pleasing, and perfect. That means it's going to taste good. It's going to feel good. It's going to be good, y'all. It's always better when you're doing what you know God wants you to do and not what you know. I mean, face it, all of us, maybe not some, but all of us, I think, we, every time I've ever messed up, I knew I was messing up before I messed up. We all know that. And so he's saying, if you'll just do these things, if you'll give every area of your life to the Lord, if you don't copy the behavior of this, this world, let God transform you by changing the way you think. I've got to change the way I think about fun. I've got to change the way I think about everything. And God will begin to transform me. Then he does his work in us. Most of us miss our dream because we're too busy trying to fit into other people's dreams and look like other people. And act like other people. So if you're imitating somebody else, you're going to miss out on what God wants you to be. The number one reason people miss God's dream, you can write this down, is because they're trying to fit in. They're trying to fit in. We're trying to fit in with this group or this group. or you know, and Pretty soon you don't know which one you are because you've, you've tried to, to go into so many, so many groups. Uh, that's why I don't wear skinny jeans. More than, you know... <laughs> Somebody, who said thank you? <laughs> I don't want the people leaving out there going, my eyes, my eyes. I mean, some people's body is not meant for skinny jeans. But anyway, but, you know, I'm not trying to fit in and, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So. I'm not trying to fit in skinny jeans either. Let's get back on the scripture, Lord, before we lose this thing. Look, don't settle for garbage when you can eat ribeyes. I mean, you know, if you really want... 
uh, what God has for you, you've got to decide not to settle for less. Look what Hebrews 12 one said. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, we did a whole series on that, uh, to the life of faith, he says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Let us strip off every weight. That could be a job. That could be, that, that keeps you out of church. That could be a hobby that takes the place of other priorities like your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with your family. It could be a, a career other than what God has for you to do. It could be a relationship that you don't need to be in. Uh, a lot of people are in relationships that are unequally yoked where you're either dating a non-Christian or, or whatever. Those are unequally yoked relationships or in business with those. and uh, Maybe it's a friendship. It, it, it can be anything that's keeping you from living for God the way you want. It could be an addiction. He's saying you've got to get rid of it. Let us strip off any weight that slows us down. It can be success or it can be failure that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So the weight that, that slows us down might not be something that's bad. It's just not what God has for me to do. It might be a lot of busyness that we're doing that's keeping us from doing what God wants us to do. And then the sin that so easily trips us up we know what sin is. I mean, sin is any, anything we're doing that's in place of God. And, uh, and, uh, and so that'll trip you up and mess you up. And he said, let us run with endurance a race that God has set before us. Let me tell you, God's got a race for each one of us. Each one of us. He's laid out a path that he wants you to run. It's different than mine. And, and, and there's things we do together, but there's a race for each one of us. And we've got to get rid of anything that keeps us from running God's race for us. So we rid our lives of anything that does that. And, then, and so we dedicate your, every area of your life to the Lord. Finances, family, career, time, all of that. Saturday night, <laughs> Friday night, Monday, all of those, every single day, every area of your life. Number two, write this down, reserve time with God. Reserve time with God. We've got D and the R now. Reserve time with God. See, we were created to spend time with God. When Adam messed up, he was hiding from God because God was walking through the Garden of Eden looking for him to hang out. How cool is that? God's wanting to come hang out with Adam. And Adam's hiding behind a fig leaf, you know what I mean? And, uh, and so uh, because he had sinned, there's a verse that says, the guilty flees when no man pursues. And, and so when you're feeling guilty, you're just running. And that's what Adam was doing. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, we've got to reserve time with God. He wants to spend time with us. But the reason we don't hear from him is we get so busy doing stuff that we don't get quiet enough to hear him. Well, you gotta, you've got to reserve some time. I think it's good to pray all day, especially driving up and down Manhattan, it, you know, and the expressway, the way people are driving now. There's wrecks all over the place. But you need to have some dedicated time, and it's best in the morning, I think, uh, that where you and God, where you get quiet before God. And it might be two or three times a week where you get some serious time with God, that you schedule that time with God. Look what, Job, what he said to Job. He said, pay attention to this, Job. That's right after he said, brace yourself. I'm talking to you like a man. And uh, he said, pay attention to this, Job. Stop and consider the wonderful miracles of God. You know, we've got to make time to think, what are some of the miracles of God? You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, I'm, 
This may not be a miracle, I don't know, but somebody took a picture of it. In Diane's yard, she had a tree blow over, but her I Love River Church sign was still standing. And uh, I don't know if she stuck it back out there after the, the, the storm, but it, it had that effect. People commented on it, you know, and, and stuff like that. I mean, it, it, you know, little things like that. You need, to, you need to stop and consider those things. A beautiful sunset, uh, you know, sunshine coming out today when there's another hurricane just north of us going by. How nice is that after what we've been going through and stuff? And, and cool breeze. <laughs> How many of you? Little things. I mean, uh, you know, I was out here uh, this morning, and the breeze was blowing. It's like, man, that's almost chilly. I was going, I was doing a happy dance right there under the carport out there. I mean, it was, it was nice. And, and so just stop and consider the wonderful miracles of God, the fact that he's forgiven us of our sins. The fact that he wants to help you overcome strongholds in your life and, uh, and that he will do that. See, most of our problems come from our inability to be still. Most of our problems come from our inability to be still. Now, sometimes uh, I call this, we get the spiritual giggles or the spiritual wiggles. You know, we just can't sit still and be quiet. It's kind of like my daughter after I used to take her to the donut place on the way to school when she was little. She, could, she couldn't sit still, and I mean, the teachers hated me. But, um, you know, we get, but we get the spiritual wiggles. We can't sit still and be quiet, but we have got to do what it takes to get quiet before the Lord and listen to him. Ask God throughout the day, what is, what is it you want me to do now? Where are you sending me, God? What is it that you have for me? And, uh, and let me tell you, God will speak to you, but he speaks to people who take the time to listen. So we've got to be willing to listen when we ask him questions. Now, I'm not saying this is a one-time deal. You've got to listen to him all the time. You've got to listen to him all the time. Number three, evaluate your abilities. Evaluate your abilities. I mean, God gives us all spiritual gifts. When you become a Christian, God gives you spiritual gifts. He gives you abilities. He gives you talents. He gives you experiences. He gives you desires. And uh, we hadn't done one in a long time. We need to do... Um, a course on that that we've got and uh, where it looks at your spiritual gifts, your abilities, your, your, your passions, your shape for ministry. And so, but we need to ask, ask yourself, what are you good at? See, God didn't give you talent not to use it. If you're good with finances, maybe he's wanting you to help people with finances, uh, not, not giving them money, helping them manage their finances. If you're good, uh, some of y'all have got a real spiritual gift of cooking, you can, you can, I mean, what are, you, what are you good at? What do you love to do? You know, what, what is your passion? Uh, what is it that people affirm in me that I do well? You know, and, and then how can I use these abilities for the kingdom of God? You see, it, it, you know, there are people using talents that they don't get to use on a daily basis right now, sawing trees off people's houses, tarping roofs, and stuff like that, and they're using those things for God. That is what God is talking about here. Ephesians 2.10, Paul said, we're God's masterpiece. Did you know that? You're a masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. But he's created us anew in Christ, Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. See, God made you like he made you with the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the desires, so that you can do the things he wants you to do, that he wants you to do. You don't want me to come teach cooking class. You 
I mean, I used to roof houses, but that ship sailed. So, I mean, you, you're not going to get me to come teach you to roof. But, uh, you know, I mean, there are gifts and abilities all of us have. And so he, he's made us and created us to do those things. You're a masterpiece. And we're, each one of us are unique. He's given experiences. Let me tell you, we've all been through things that we can go through. We can help someone else. You may have lost a loved one. You can help somebody else who's lost a loved one. You may have gone through a divorce. You can help somebody else who's gone through a divorce. You may have uh, uh, be further along in beating an addiction or a stronghold. You can help somebody who's not as far along as you. You've been through abuse. You can help somebody who's going through that. And, and so he wants us to write this down. God wants you to be unique and effective. He wants you to be unique and effective. He designed you like you are so that you can do what he's planned for you. And he... And those plans were created for you before you ever created the world. Now think about that. We've been around for a while. Been around for a while. Six, seven, eight thousand years at least. And, and, uh, and, and he created, he had, he had decided what he wanted you to do with your life before he created the world. Pretty cool. Write this down. God brings us through difficulties so that we can help other people go through similar difficulties. He may have brought you through, like I said, the loss of a loved one or loss of a spouse so you can help someone else. may have brought you through, you know what, I, I know in a lot of men, especially, we think that, that we will die if we lose our job. I mean, that the job can't, my dad would cancel vacations if it was going to thunderstorm for the, he was over maintenance at a hospital. And, uh, and, and things like that. Because we get to thinking we can't be done without. And, or you think that, you know, you're, you, when people say, well, what are you? You know, and a friend of mine, one time I was introducing him to a friend, another friend of mine. He said, I didn't know you were a doctor. And the guy said, I'm not a doctor. He said, doctor is what I do. It's not who I am. I'm a child of God. Doctor is what I do. And I'll quit doing it when I afford to do something else. And, uh, and, and I thought that was good because our identity is in who Christ is in us, not in what we do. But, you know, we've got to, we, he wants us, so maybe you've lost a job. You can help somebody else go through that losing of a job that thinks they will die and the world will end if they lose that job. You go through it and you go, I survived. And I got a better job after I left that one. And, and so you can help somebody do that, whatever it is. God has given you those experiences that he wants you to use. And, uh, and, uh, and so we can help other people who are going through uh, the similar things. First Peter 4.10, Peter said, God has given each one of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. I want you to look at that. I mean, some people get real narrow on spiritual gifts. That there's even seven, either seven, nine, or 12, 14, whatever. I think there's way more than what's listed in the Bible. Some of y'all have a, you know, the way some of y'all cook, it's a spiritual gift. And uh, there's a spiritual gift of making carrot cake in this room. And, uh, you know, and, and somebody said, I've got a spiritual gift of making orange crack. You know, I mean, you know, it, it's really good stuff. So, I mean, but there are, spirit, there are true spiritual gifts. And God gives each one of you a spiritual gift. And here's what he says. Use it. Use it. Use it. Use it well to serve one another. So how do we use our gifts? To serve one another. To serve one another. To serve the body of Christ. And so, 
uh, you know, a friend of mine used to, he used to be really good at basketball. I was never all that good at basketball. You know, when you have a four-inch vertical leap, it just doesn't do much. But, but you know, I mean, but this guy'd go out, and he, it didn't matter who they were. He'd go start playing basketball with them. He'd win their respect, and then he'd share Jesus with them. And, uh, and, and so use what it is. I mean, it, you know, it might be chainsawing. It might be uh, nailing a roof on or whatever it is. You use the gifts that God's given you. You know, it could be cars. Man, when you're working on that car together, you, should, you talk about Jesus with somebody or, or your guns, whatever it is. You might not think you have much to offer, but use the gifts God gives you and use them. Jesus said this, that those who use well what they're given, even more will be given. That's a principle. When you, do, when you use well what God's given you, he's going to give you more. He's going to give you more, more in the way of gifts. He's going to give you more in the way of responsibility. He will give you more blessing. As you prove, you can use it. When you're faithful with a little, he'll give you more. And, uh, and so that's a principle. And, uh, and he said, even more, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And so, you know, uh, there's a saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know? And so that's exactly what this is talking about. And, uh, and so if you don't, if you don't use it, God will take it away. He'll, he'll lose it. Romans 12, 6, Paul said, But in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. So, you know, if he's given you the ability to sing, you sing. If he's given you the ability to serve, you serve. If he's given you whatever it is, you use it to the best of your ability. And so we want you to find Jesus while you're here. Get free. Discover your purpose and make a difference. And, and I don't believe you're ever too old or too young. I mean, there's a movement, the skinny jean movement. You know, that's, that's a bunch of guys my age trying to look like they're 30, you know. I mean, and, uh, and, and so let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It says, Acts 2.17, quoting Joel, said this, In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all all people, all everybody say it with me. All people, he said. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. He's gonna get them old, young, male, female. Doesn't matter. God's gonna speak to all of them. He's gonna speak to all of them. And so you're never too old, and you're never too young for God to use you. I want you to understand that. And uh, so, so. You know, God wants to give us all a vision for our lives, and, 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 and he'll do that for you. Number four, write this down. We've got D-R-E, and then associate with godly people. Associate with godly people. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. This is where most of us fall down, right here. It's where most of us fall down, because we don't associate with godly people. What do they say in recovery? You've got to change your people, places, and things. And see, one of the things is people. We think, oh, man, I can't betray my friends. They're not your friends if they're trying to get you to do something you shouldn't be doing. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So hang out with people who are trying to go in the same direction you're going to discover God's will and dream for their life. You know, let me tell you, that can be contagious. When you're going in the same direction, 
when I got saved, a bunch of us were in a small group, and, and we were all learning and, and changing, and God was moving in our lives. It was exciting. It was contagious. You see what God's doing here, and man, I want that, and, 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 and all that, you know, and so it's contagious. I, when I was in, it works in the secular world, it's got this even better than in the church world. You know, when you're, at a, when you're in sales, if you go to a sales conference, your boss doesn't want you sitting out in the hall talking to the other salesmen that aren't selling anything. He wants you in there listening to a producer telling you how to sell a ton of stuff. Why? Because he wants you to be good at it, you know? And uh, I remember one insurance conference I was at when I sold insurance. There was a woman that had made 400 grand the year before selling insurance. There's dudes out in the hallway talking that hadn't sold a tenth of what she sold, acting like they didn't need to hear what she was talking. And she had a walking disability. She walked with a cane. And, uh, and, and so, guys, let me tell you, God wants you to associate with godly people. Iron sharpens iron, and we need to hang out with people who are going to make us better, not drag us down. The people who are your closest friends are either going to help you achieve God's dream for your life or they're going to pull you away from it. So we've got to choose our friends wisely. And, uh, and too, many, too many people miss out on, on what God has for them because they were tied to a friend, a partner, or somebody who didn't share the same values, didn't have the relationship with Christ that they had, and it drug them down. And, uh, and so... Uh, it, it, can, it can hurt us. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. He said, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, we think that's true, and then all of a sudden, we start liking a guy or a girl who's not a Christian, but he's cute, you know, and, or she's cute. And we think, oh, we're going to win them. And pretty soon, they've drug us away. I've, let me tell you, I've seen that so many times. I've seen so many people say, I'm going I'm to I'm change it. It's not going to happen. Not the way you think it's going to happen. Bad company corrupts good character. You better have a core group of friends that are going the same direction you're going or that you want to go. If you want to soar with the eagles, you can't ran, run around with the turkeys. Some of y'all need to change some friends or make friends and, and, and who are going the same direction you're going. Number five, make your dream public. Make your dream public. Something to be said about saying what God's told you to do. <laughs> you, know, you, you know, it's like, okay, you got to put up or shut up, right? You know I mean, make it public. Tell somebody what God's doing in your life. When you, do, when you do that, it raises your level of commitment. It's like drawing a line in the, in the sand and saying, you know, hey, I'm doing this for the Lord. When you say it, Guess what? You've got to start doing it then. Uh, you know, here's, here's three effects of being public with your goals. Write them down real quick. One, it gets you started. Once you say it, you better start doing it. You can't procrastinate anymore. I'm, I'm fixing to start my own business. Okay, when? Well, um, you know, it's time to get moving. It attract, let me tell you, when you start sharing what God's doing in your life and what he wants you to do, it will attract other people's support, number two. It will attract other people's support. It's attractive to see people that are moving towards God. And number three, it will release God's power in your life. It will release God's power in your life. I mean, think about it. When Peter 
stepped out of the boat. He, he couldn't walk on water until he stepped out of the boat, right? The, the person with the withered hand did, wasn't healed until they stretched out their hand. And, uh, and, and so uh, we've got to understand that. And, and when you announce your dream, it's going to release God's power to make that happen. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It shows the reality of what we hope for. In other words, my faith is, is the reality. It's going to show the reality of what I'm hoping is going to happen because I'm believing it. And, uh, and it's the evidence for things we cannot see. It gives us the confidence that what we're praying for is actually going to happen. So it begins with a dream that God wants you to... It begins with a dream of who God wants you to be and what he wants you to do in your life. That's where it's got to start. You ask God, what is it that he wants you to do? And I tell you, it doesn't cost anything to dream big. And, and so begin to dream with God. What is it that God wants you to do? I love what, what Acts 13.36 says about David. It said, after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors. One day, I want God to be able to say, Robert did God's will in his generation. Steve did God's will in his generation. Ronnie did God's will in his generation. And, and, and then we're with God. Let me tell you, that's, that's going to be a good thing. Brother Racky used to say this, and I close with this statement. Tis one life will soon be passed, but only what's done for Christ will last. See, it's only the things that we do for Christ that are going to last. What's your dream? I mean, you might be... You might be willing to say, you know, I mean, you've got to be willing to say, I'm going to go all in with God. I'm going to give it every year of my life to God. I'm going to stop trying to conform to this world. And it's not going to happen overnight. But as you do that, you begin to allow God to transform you. And he will. And, and let me just say this. Your roles determine those dreams a little bit as well. If you're married, this doesn't exclude your, your spouse. If you've got children, it's, you're, not in, you're not getting rid of your kids, you know. I knew a guy that had a dream to go into ministry, so he divorced his wife because she didn't want to. That was not God's will. And, uh, and so God's never going to contradict his word. So let me pray for you. So, Father, I just... Lord, I pray you help us to refocus on what it is you have for us. I know we've been focused on not catching COVID. It's easy to focus on whether we get vaccinated or not vaccinated. Right now we're focused on putting our fences back up, getting our roofs fixed, giving out tarps. Lord, I pray that tonight we just begin to look back and ask you, what is that thing that you gave us before this or that you've given us now that dream that you want us to do what is it that you want us to do Lord I pray God you'll show it to us God I pray that as we give every area of our life to you Lord as we stop conforming to the pattern of our culture that God you will begin to Reveal to us your plan for our life. For our church, for our life, God. For each person, whether they're watching on Facebook tonight or whether they're in this room. Lord, help us to get 
set that time aside to be quiet before you and to listen to what it is you have to say for us and to us. So God, God, speak to us, God. Give each one that, that dream, that fire to accomplish what it is you've called us to do. Lord, give us as a church that fire to accomplish what you've called us to do. So God, we give you the glory for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. We have a song? We have a song? So we're going to close with a worship song. And uh, I'm letting y'all out early. How about that? So I, should, I thought I'd get an amen for that. But... Um, so we're going to sing. Guys, come back Sunday. Uh, we're going to have a great service Sunday. We won't have all the food we had tonight. We're going to have a great service. Um, and so just uh, invite your friends to come with you. And uh, it's, it's, to me, it's always, it was so much fun Sunday after being separated for a few weeks. They're not just on Facebook, but to be able to see everybody. And so let's, let's stand up and worship. Turn your connection cards in at the door.